everybody. Welcome to this week's episode. I thought I'd do something different this week. So I'm recording this episode on site, on a beach. I'm looking out at the beach. The sky is purple. And you can see the clouds are bursting the rain onto a black line off into the distance. There's a load of seagulls flying around as well. So hopefully I'm capturing some of this ambiance in the audio. I really do hope, because this is a one take wonder. But I really wanted to do this for the last maybe six months. I just felt that it was appropriate for me and you to get together in an environment that we love so much, out detecting on the beach or on a field. But for me, it's the beach. It's almost a tranquil surrounding. But I'm here looking at the beach going, where's the cut? I don't see a cut. Oh, the sea is after dropping a load of sand on this beach. I'm like, oh, no good to me. Not yet, not this time around. But anyways, I'm on the beach and we're doing a podcast, semi-live. There's a few old ladies walking their dogs around as well. They're looking at me a little bit weird. But listen, (laughs) we'll drive on. I'll be a high topic of gossip for the week with all the old ladies in the vicinity. So, it's a lovely bright day. It's about six degrees centigrade, so it's a bit cold. So if I start chattering or shivering, I apologize. So this is episode 125. So welcome to episode 125 of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. This week, we're gonna talk about a subject most men would rather get a kick in the balls to avoid talking about and that's mental health quite a few of you reached out to me when i put a request out for show topics and quite a few of you said mental health and i felt i couldn't do it justice till i did a little bit of research and a little bit digging around myself on it so it took a couple of months but here we are i'm going to focus on men's mental health because the vast majority of the podcast listeners are men. This is in no way a conscientious effort to further isolate any women who are suffering with mental health. And there is no doubt that there needs to be a wider conversation around women's mental health as well, particularly around menopause, post-birth depression. But this time we are going to focus on men. But I think the message can translate to women easily. The WHO, when defining health, states that health is a state of complete physical, mental and social well-being and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. The WHO also states that mental health is a state of well-being in which an individual realises his or her own abilities, can cope with the normal stresses of life and can work productively and is able to make a contribution to his or her community. Like I said, a man would rather get a kick in the balls than talk about their mental health. Some of this stigma comes from World War I when soldiers were returning from the war suffering from shell shock and the British Health Service wasn't able to cope with the influx of psychological issues as a result of what those poor men witnessed. So the authorities devised a marketing campaign around stiff upper lip chaps which promoted the fact that men should just get on with it and that an English gent would never burden his country with his woes. 
This resulted in a lot of feelings being buried and mental health issues going untreated, even to the point that soldiers who were exhibiting signs of shell shock were either called cowards or socially isolated. This of course was before PTSD was identified and a real issue to be resolved. Because of this, the men of the time learned not to express their anxieties and fears or depressions for fear of being seen as less of a man and these fathers passed this behaviour onto their sons and then onto their sons and so on till here we are today trying to peel back the stigma of mental health in those men. Men are programmed to be seen and not heard. Think about it, we ourselves don't want to rock the boat Maybe our partners would rather we just got on with it and stiff upper lip chap. Maybe we are afraid of not being seen as having it all together. We can't be seen as vulnerable. However, 800,000 people die from suicide per year. And for every one female suicide, there is three males. Which is more than what malaria kills every year. And yet, when you look at the investment given to each, malaria is profoundly and heavily invested in compared to suicide. I guess suicide is not as cool as mosquitoes. Thanks, Bill Gates. So 600,000 men a year commit suicide and 200,000 women. Think about it. This 800,000 people die a year from something that is totally preventable. So how can we prevent this and help ourselves mind our mental health? Well, the clue is in the WHO definition. Complete state of physical mental and social health. We need to approach it as health, not just mental health, and not put mental health as a sidebar or a separate project. We just need to think on it as health that is made up of three parts, and if you take care of two, then the other one will take care of itself. For example, if you look after your physical and mental health, your social health will naturally take care of itself. You look good, you're active, you're looking after your mental health, so when you're in social situations, you will be able to draw on that physical and mental health to get you through any social anxiety. I guarantee it. Same for physical health. You've looked after your mental health and you're feeling good. You have a great social support network around you. You're naturally going to be more motivated into looking after yourself. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about getting swole. I'm talking about looking after your physical needs and environment. Like saying yes to going for a walk, dancing, showering, brushing your teeth, shaving, cutting your hair, using deodorant, making your bed. I think you get the idea. And mental health is no different. If you look after your physical health, get some exercise while keeping you and your house clean. And of course, build on your meaningful social network. What I mean here by a meaningful social network is not Facebook, Instagram or TikTok. It's surrounding yourself with people who are not time takers but people who give up their time equally. We all know time takers, people who only want to do what they want to do and run when you suggest doing something you would like to do. This is the same when expressing opinions. They don't want to know what you think, only that you're there for them to bitch at and normally about someone else. I've heard another great example of toxic people. A real friend is not just someone who shows up when times are tough, but also shows up when it's time to celebrate your wins. In other words, they won't begrudge you the success. So how you look after your physical well-being is important, but looking after your social well-being is even more important. Surround yourself with people 
who inspire you to be better, people who allow you to be vulnerable without taking over the conversation, saying shit like, yeah, that's bad, dude. What happened to me that time was even worse. Remove those negative people from your life and check in with yourself. If you are one of those people, you might not even be aware. Remember, you have two ears and one mouth. Listen more, talk less. Especially if your friends are being vulnerable. The last thing I'll say about social health is, it's not okay to be the friend that sits back and let your friends always be the ones to reach out, organise the meetup, makes the phone call, and if they didn't, you might only see them once a year, ultimately drifting apart. A good friend creates opportunities for you to be a friend. They always call, they're always the ones organising things, parties, every group has one of these, if they're lucky, and they are the glue that keeps the group together. Be a good friend like that, create opportunities to be social, this rings true if you have no friends. Be the guy that organises shit for people to do. Ask the lads, do they want to go bowling, detecting? You won't hit it off with everybody, but you will make a friend. And in doing so, your social health is going up. And if you're also focusing on your physical health, then your mental health will join the party and you might find yourself a little happier. What can we do as a detectorist to help our mental health? Well. Although detecting is predominantly a solo endeavour, it does tick the physical axis of the health triangle. The sheer nature of getting out our gear, getting our gear organised, we're searching, making a plan, getting out there walking, swinging and digging for hours, really is a stress reliever. But it also is giving you an opportunity for you to be present with no distractions, only the hum of the threshold in your ears. This flow state is recognised as reducing cortisone, which is directly a result of stress and a driver in reduced mental health. So metal detecting as a hobby is a huge plus to help you manage your mental health and your physical health. It can also help you with your social health, especially if you are part of a detecting group or club or even just have a hunting partner. So hopefully you are feeling the benefits of metal detecting. But if you're not, that's okay. But before it takes something terrible, an ultimatum for you to get help because that's when most men look for help when it gets so bad their choice is help or out or if it's caught early enough it normally comes in the form of an ultimatum from a partner before you look for help the vast majority of you are gen x raised by boomers world war ii stiff upper lip chaps like myself we are the last generation of the stiff upper lip brigade. When we were growing up, mental health was never talked about. We were also the last generation of people to be dragged up. That's how I say it. For example, at the age of five or six, we were sent out to play at 9am in the morning and the alarm bells only went off when you didn't return for your dinner 10 hours later. We didn't have guidance from adults. We learned our sex education from the playground or secondhand porno mags. <laughs> Millennials who came after Gen X, had the internet, and parents who are Gen X and know of all the dangers out there and are doing their best to equip their millennial kids. But we can learn a lot from our kids about being vulnerable and giving ourselves permission to talk about the painful stuff and cry at movies. So if you're down and can't focus on your mental health, think of the health triangle, look at your physical health, take one step, brush your teeth, or make your bed. You've started the day with a win. You're already having an impact on your mental health. Keep doing that. 
Next day, make your bed, brush your teeth, and tidy the kitchen. If that's all you can do for a while, that's fine. Do just that for a few days. Add a walk in at some stage. That involves getting dressed. All these little wins will boost your physical health and this will have a knock-on effect to your mental health. If you're up for it, answer that text. Reach out to the people who worry about you. If you have no one, keep going. Keep focusing on the physical point of the triangle and don't think of the other two points. But I guarantee if you keep going, focusing on one point, you'll get the energy to work on the other points of the triangle. I wouldn't recommend social media as the same as the social point of the triangle. In fact, living on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook can all have a negative effect on your mental health and cost you hours in a day while making you feel worse. I'm slowly doing this myself, deleting apps, reaching out to say hello to people I haven't talked to in a while. I'll leave you with a few other things that I do. I think helped me manage my mental health over the last few years. I probably should mention what I've been through in the last few years, seeing as I'm advocating for vulnerability and talking about painful situations. Well, let's see. About five years ago, I embarked on a new career, which resulted in me moving department from a technical role to a sales leader role. High stress, straight away there were a few red flags. For example, I had an accident where I ripped all the ligaments in my left leg, broke two ribs and dislocated my shoulder. This of course meant I was out of work for six weeks However, the comment was made that I should still work with one hand and I should be in work. I'd like to point out my team at this time were wildly successful beyond everyone's expectation. However, the expectation was set, so I went back to work. But six months later, my mom passed away. So four years ago, just before COVID. Anyways, the night before I buried my mother, I get a call about, I know it's difficult, but do I have my forecast numbers and could I send them on? That was the final straw. I decided I would return to the tech role, which I did in September before COVID. I then found out my dad was sick with colon cancer. He didn't tell anybody for ages because of my mom passing, but meant he had to get an op to remove the offending piece. But this meant he was totally compromised when COVID hit, which meant we couldn't visit and he was terrified of getting COVID. I rang often, but of course, I could only get to see him once, maybe twice during the next two years. He didn't get COVID. He had locked himself away to mind himself. And when COVID lifted, he started to get out visiting people, the grandkids, everyone, etc. But about six months later, he got sick and was gone in a week. We get through that and work again takes a turn for the worse. I take voluntary redundancy as an out. I'm sure I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I set up a business, which fails after two months, but that was kind of understandable. So I have to get a new job. Anyway, that all gets resolved and I get through it. So to recap, I'm having a shit time in work. My parents pass away, I'm made redundant, and I set up and fail at a business, all in the last five years. I think as a Gen X, I have always been stress tolerant, but what I did was, I was lucky to talk to my wife, family and friends who supported me completely. I set up this podcast to have a weekly win. I started to spin on the stationary bike most mornings, something I need to get back to, and I metal detected. I probably should have talked to a professional and I plan to just to make sure the old mind is okay but I got through it and here I am to tell the tale the power of conversation is a wonderful thing I am by no means a healthy individual and I need to work on it but who doesn't need some work 
if you think you're perfect ask your partner or your best friend what do they think i need to work on and if they truly love you they will let you know warts and all but you have to give them permission first as no one wants to be brutally honest if you're not ready to hear it and that's it guys back to normal next week i'm not an expert so take what i say as direction not as a treatment if you feel a need to chat to someone reach out to the local Samaritan groups, counselling groups. Every country has one. But most importantly, get out there, eyes down, good luck, think of yourself, and happy hunting. The beach looks amazing. There's no woman there walking the dog. And just as I said, the dog is doing a dump. Let's see if she picks up the mess. She's fucking walking off. The fucking dirty pirate. Hey! Pick up the shit!